0: Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. In May of this year, the magazine of the ELCA Lutheran Church encouraged Native American worship practices and encouraged people to worship, quote unquote, Mother Earth. This summer, a UCC church in Oregon is doing a summer series called Love Matters More. And you might be asking, well, more than what? More than fighting about what is biblically correct, according to their website. Community Mennonite Church in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, very conservative area, has set its goals to accomplish in 2025. And this includes, and I'm reading from their website, grappling with the inequities in our own communities, seeking real life examples of, and you're going to love this part, Rose, Jesus's alternative worldview. And finding partners with whom we can work towards that reality. So Rose, this week, we got to Ezekiel in our reading, specifically chapter 8. So you can see where my head went.
1: Uh, Yeah, you're right. In Ezekiel chapter 8, Chris, I do know where you're going. God is giving the prophet Ezekiel a look at what's going on inside the temple. And first, he shows him some type of detestable image standing at the north gate. That's the gate where the king would have proceeded into the temple. And then God says this, and I'm quoting from Ezekiel 8, son of man, do you see what they're doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel are committing here to drive me far from my sanctuary, but you will see still greater abominations. And after that, God gives Ezekiel a look further inside. And this is what he sees. This is, again, a quote from chapter 8. Engraved on the wall all around was every form of creeping things and loathsome beasts and all of the idols of the house of Israel. And before them stood 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel with Jazaniah, the son of Shaphan, standing among them. Each has his censer in his hand and the smoke of the cloud of incense went up.
0: And that's all Ezekiel 8 verses 7 to 11. Every example in this passage is an example of idolatry. When the tent of meeting was made back when Moses was given all the how to make the temple with all the curtains and everything, there weren't creeping beasts on the sides, knitted into the sides of those curtains. There were angels, cherubim that were embroidered on the walls, which makes sense because angels are around the throne of God worshiping. Now we get to this part in the temple and here's all these images from the earth. What Ezekiel sees are people violating the second commandment and making carved images of the things that were forbidden them to do. God calls it acting corruptly in Deuteronomy four fifteen to eighteen. And then when you see that you know they've had they have the censors lit, that that's them praying to these idols. That's what the incense going up is all about. So what does this have to do with today and what we talked about at the beginning of this episode? Yeah, We see the Lutheran church saying, adopt Native American practices and worship Mother Earth. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pantheism, basically. And Native Americans were pantheists in their spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. And that's not all God showed Ezekiel. When we get down a little farther in chapter 8 to verses 14 to 16, it says, Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord, And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? You will see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. And behold, at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces
0: towards the east, worshiping the sun towards the east. Rose, these men have literally turned their back on God. I immediately thought of Solomon when he he first finished the temple and the kingdom was going really well. Solomon prayed to God after he got the building finished and he asked God repeatedly in that prayer. And this is what he says. And listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place and listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. And he said that that over and over about when you hear your people praying toward this place. And we see Daniel, when he is in captivity in Babylon, in exile in Babylon, we see him opening the windows and praying toward Jerusalem. I mean, so these men in this temple that Ezekiel is seeing, they're turning their back on God, literally praying to idols. And then Tamaz was a pagan fertility god. When Growing season was over, and the plants started dying. women mourned because they believed that he had died this this God, little G God, had died, and then when plants started growing again, they believed that he was risen from the dead and then we see him, these men worshiping the sun, another violation of the second commandment.
1: yeah, my first thought with with these men was God purposely dissed the sun god Ra in Egypt with the plagues. I mean, that was the plague of darkness. He was purposely showing that it was a worthless, nothing God. If Ezekiel was given a glimpse inside the so-called church today, like we said, he'd be seeing many of the same things. They might be called different things or look different, but they're doing the same thing. Chris, you read it at the beginning. It made me sick to hear what some churches are doing. People worshiping any way they want to, worshiping anything they want to, even if it's an absolute direct opposition to God's word. In No Trash, Just Truth, we talked about Don McLennan and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes
0: who got heat because they only let real Christians in. Exactly. It weren't going to be a religious or- organization. They want to be a Christian organization.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, many churches have become a religious organization not a Christian organization. Right. And they're practicing syncretism, although I think they're gone more towards paganism. And lots of this earth worship is gaining a foothold with all this climate control stuff. And yeah, climate change is a religion. Now, look, we're not saying abuse the environment. Certainly we need to be good stewards. God has given it to us. But this whole climate change thing is a religion. It is idolatry. And before your church jumps on the climate change bandwagon, as many are, like you said, Chris, worshiping Mother Earth, realize that it doesn't have anything to do with stewarding the resources that God gave us. There's a difference. There's a definite dichotomy between being stewards of the environment and what God has given us and this whole climate change thing. So
0: why are we bringing this up now? Well- this really stuck out to me because I've had some conversations in recent weeks with people from the USA United Methodist Church. 2023 is the year of the United Methodist Church split. You and I, Rose, have hammered the Methodist Church from many unbiblical practices, and those things have not changed. But the church is splitting. Individual churches have until sometime in December to decide if they want to leave the denomination or not. If they stay, they're adhering to the inclusion and the ordination of the LGBTQ community. The more conservative churches are leaving rather than do that. And the gay agenda is not the only thing that's at stake. That's the big thing getting the news. But there's also this issue, and this is really the underlying issue of all of it, of whether or not the Bible is their authority or not.
1: I agree. I think with all of these churches, all this liberal stuff and pagan idolatry, syncretism, they're all symptoms. They're all symptoms of the Bible not being the inerrant
0: and divinely inspired authority over them. I think that's part of their statement. Like you're saying it's not my authority or you're going.
1: We're most likely not going to agree with some of the stances that the conservative side of the United Methodist Church comes down on. I mean, even conservative Methodists are still pretty liberal in their theology, but they're not as bad as the far left of them. But this is a great time to start praying for more of them to split from the denomination and go in a more biblical direction. I mean, obviously God is pressing on their hearts that they need to get away from this. So, you know, we should be praying that he does even more work on their hearts. Church splits often cause people to start digging into their Bibles for answers when they may never have before. When a church says, we're going to split from our denomination, people want to know, okay, who's right? So they may turn to their Bibles and start digging in to
0: see who's on the right side of God. This is definitely a time to pray for those who are conservative in the denomination to leave as whole churches or as individuals. And pray for them to become biblically sound. Like you said, Rose, this is a great time to do it because people dig into their Bibles when there's going to be a church split or when one is in process. Changing can happen. And not only pray for the UMC churches as they make their decisions, but pray for other apostate denominations too. I mean, we started this talking about Ezekiel and God was showing him what was going on inside the temple. We aren't prophets, but we can clearly see what's going on inside churches and it's a great time to pray. Yeah. And as angry as
1: what's going on in churches makes us, and it should, because they're perverting the word of God, we should have a little bit of compassion and want to pray for them because Chris, that chapter in Ezekiel ends with, then God said to me, have you seen this? O son of man, is it too light a thing for the house of Judah? to commit the abominations that they commit here, that they should fill the land with violence and provoke me still further to anger. Behold, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. So as angry as we get about the apostasy going on in churches, think how God feels. They're saying they are churches of God, just like Judas said they were God's people. So it's far worse for them
0: than some other Islamic group that never claimed to be Christian. Absolutely agree, Rose. And that's a great place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody.